Welcome to the Spreads Podcast, your guide to an elevated life simplified. Join us for weekly discussions about travel experiences, in-depth food and wine guides, and wellness practices to inspire a phenomenal life. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at spreadsmagazine.com. On today's episode, we are starting our wine guide series by diving into the heart and soul of Italian wine, a wine style that has a storied history, mild controversy, and at the best can deliver savory, soulful wines that express the essence of Tuscany. Today, we are presenting the Sprez Wine Guide to Chianti Wine. When you think of the soul of Tuscany represented in a wine, some immediately go to the cherry, plum, Tuscan earth, and faint tobacco notes of a beautiful Chianti Classico Reserva. However, in the eyes of many consumers and professionals alike, the soul of Tuscany can be anything but a fine glass of Chianti. The Chianti region of Tuscany, Italy has a rich history, a reputation that's been on a dramatic roller coaster ride, and ultimately a power to produce some incredible wines with phenomenal value. In this wine guide, we're exploring the Chianti wines of Tuscany, an overview of the history that led to the current state of Chianti, the differences between the top Chianti Classico Reservas and the more baseline wines produced in the Chianti DOCG region, and educating you on how to find exactly what you're looking for at the wine shop next time you're in the mood for a Tuscan red. Let's start with a brief history of Chianti. Chianti is regarded as the first demarcated wine-producing region in the world, a title that dates back to 1716, a time when the Republic of Florence was thriving and had a hold on much of the wealth of Central Europe. At this point in history, Italy was nothing like we know it today in terms of political and geographical structure. Rather than one unified country, each region was independent with its own laws, culture, and language, and the Republic of Florence was quickly rising as one of the most important centers of art, finance, and culture in all of Europe. With the vast amounts of money flowing through the Tuscan capital, palatial villas started to be constructed in the hills nearby Florence, and the initial vision of the lavish Tuscan lifestyle had begun. When wine was first produced in Chianti, documents indicate that it was actually a white wine. It wasn't until 1872 when the first nod towards the modern version of Chianti wine was established, with a letter indicating that Chianti was to be made from at least 70% Sangiovese grape and the other 30% being Canaiolo grape or a white variety to soften the power of the Sangiovese. So in order to best understand the history of Chianti wine, we're gonna jump a little bit ahead and mention the Chianti Classico. And in understanding how and why it was formed, you'll gain a better understanding of how Chianti wine evolved. The designation of Chianti Classico has some disagreement and confusion in its origin, implementation, and ultimately effect on the product. The origin of Chianti Classico came about as more and more producers of lesser quality began to distribute wine bearing the Chianti name, and the boundaries of where Chianti was became less clear. In 1924, a group of producers banded together to create the Chianti Classico Consortium in an attempt to protect the quality and heritage of wines from the original Chianti region. The original region of Chianti, what is now referred to as the Chianti Classico, encompasses 17,640 acres and stretches from just south of Florence to just north of Siena. For reference, the entire region of Chianti today totals 177,500 acres. As the areas came to prominence in the wine-making world, Florence and Siena battled it out in order to determine who would get to control this region. The legend goes that there was a competition by two knights who would embark on journeys towards each other at sunrise from each respective town. 
where the two knights met would be the boundary between territories and who had control over the production of the wine. The official signal for when the knights could depart from each respective city was in the hands, or feet, of two roosters. When the rooster would crow, it would mark the official starting time of the race and that knight could depart. Both cities were said to have trained their roosters in an attempt to get them to crow earlier. In the end, the Florentine rooster apparently crowed much earlier, and with a huge head start, the Florentine knight ended up meeting the knight from Siena only 12 kilometers from Siena. Considering the distance between the two cities is 52 kilometers, as the crow flies, this gave the Republic of Florence the control of almost all of the Chianti winemaking region. The official symbol for the Chianti Classico Consortium was deemed a black rooster in honor of this historical challenge. While the main goal of the Chianti Classico Consortium was to establish and differentiate the quality of wines made from the traditional Chianti region, the goal of the government was very different. The goal of the government was to produce quantity over quality, and thus they proceeded to divide the Chianti region into seven subregions. However, this division was not done based on the terroir, specific climactic or geological differences of the soils, and it was done more for administrative and political reasons, undermining this attempt at raising the quality standards by the consortium. To further complicate matters, the world then entered World War II, which had a dramatic impact on the production of Chianti wine. During the war, all winemaking efforts were halted, and after the war ended, the focus dramatically shifted to quantity. After this, Chianti wines were often diluted with white wine and became associated with a thin wine lacking flavor and served in the straw-wrapped bottles known as the Fiasco. This was terrible for the image of Chianti, and is part of the reason for the present-day mixed response from the world regarding the quality of Chianti. In 1967, the Chianti DOC was created. DOC is a government-backed quality standard indicating that the product, wine in this case, is controlled for rules governing the wine for the specific region. In this case, the DOC stated that Chianti wine must be produced with 70-90% red grape varieties and 10-30% white grape varieties. This completely undermined all attempts to establish a quality control and upset many producers. Now, the concept of 100% Sangiovese-based wine was outlawed by the DOC standards, starting the revolution that ultimately led to the development of Super Tuscans. In an attempt to further the effort towards establishing a standard of quality for Chianti wines, the 1984 Chianti DOCG was established. The G was added to the end of DOC, indicating that the wine was now controlled and guaranteed. As you can imagine, this didn't do much in the attempt to differentiate Chianti from Chianti Classico. Real progress finally came by the way of the Chianti Classico 2000 project, an ambitious research project that set to identify the specific clones of Sangiovese in each region and how to best cultivate them for each specific terroir. This project lasted 16 years and identified 239 clones of Sangiovese in the region. This information was made available for free to the public to aid in quality wine production. In 1996, Chianti Classico was finally recognized as its own DOCG and not just a subregion of Chianti. This DOCG came with its own set of rules, governing that the wine must be 80-100% to Sangiovese and can be up to 20% other grapes, including international varietals. This was a huge step in defining the quality that can be expected today from a wine marked Chianti Classico versus a baseline Chianti, accomplishing a goal that had been hundreds of years in the making. However, some were still unhappy with this ruling. 
because now within the relatively large area of Chianti Classico, anyone could label themselves Chianti Classico DOCG, assuming they followed all the laws that govern the production of the wine. This meant that specific parts of Chianti Classico that had more favorable soils, altitudes, and exposure would be classified the same as lesser quality vineyards in the region. This long and somewhat dramatic process led to the hierarchy, geopolitical regions, and classifications that we know today. Now let's dive into this infamous grape, Sangiovese, and discuss what you can expect in a Chianti wine from each region. Sangiovese is a powerful and elegant grape that's finicky to grow. Known for budding early and harvesting late, Sangiovese has to have its environmental conditions just right in order to produce its best wine. Known for high acidity and high tannins, Sangiovese is incredibly sensitive to its terroir, soils, microclimates, and other geological factors affecting growth. Sangiovese is known to produce wines with tight structure, with a characteristic described as angular. Think of this simply as how the wine feels in your mouth in regards to acidity and grip on the palate, otherwise known as tannins. Instead of a large, supple, fat wine, Sangiovese has direction, energy, and because of this is excellent to pair with food. Known for being a staple grape to tomato-based dishes, Sangiovese is also a beloved partner to meats and cheese, with high-quality and aged Sangiovese building enough character and weight to stand up to the beloved Bisteca Fiorentina, a huge piece of aged porterhouse steak famous to Florence. The Geography of Chianti The Chianti region as a whole, including all subzones and Chianti Classico, stretches 160 kilometers from north to south. Located primarily between Florence and Siena, Chianti is truly located in the heart of Tuscany. The altitude varies between 150 meters and stretches as high as 600 meters. Higher elevations tend to result in wines with crisper acidity and a finer quality. The Classification System Chianti wines are broken down into a classification system that resembles a pyramid of quality. Let's start at the bottom and work our way up to the pinnacle of Chianti wine. Now this is valuable information to know next time you're shopping for a Chianti and want to find the right one that delivers the soul of Tuscany in your glass. Chianti DOC. The baseline of wines from Chianti is simply Chianti DOC or Chianti DOCG. This specifies that the wine is generally from somewhere within Chianti and can be composed of grapes grown from any part of the Chianti. This wine needs to be aged for a minimum of six months and is generally intended to be drank between one and two years after production. This wine is generally more simple, light, and not as complex as the higher tiers of Chianti. Primary flavors are of sour cherry, fresh raspberries, and plum, with high acidity and high tannin. The price point for this Chianti is also in the lowest tier. Chianti DOC Subzones The Chianti DOC subzones are generally a step above the basic Chianti. As stated in the name, these grapes must be sourced from within a specific subzone. Due to these regions being labeled due to primarily political reasons, it's difficult to draw hard lines in the distinctions between the different regions and terroir and characteristics in the wine. Many people regard Rufina as generally one of the best subregions in Chianti. Chianti Classico DOCG The Chianti Classico wines are generally higher in quality with more depth of a complex flavor, including notes of earth, tobacco, and leather in addition to the deep cherry and black plum flavors. This wine comes from the Chianti Classico region, which is generally higher in altitude, resulting in a higher elegance to the wine, and the addition of savory flavor notes such as dried herbs and Tuscan earth. This wine must be aged for a minimum of one year in oak before it's released. Chianti Classico DOCG Reserva Chianti Classico Reserva is a step up from the baseline Chianti Classico. This wine must be aged for a minimum of two years in oak barrel, and then an additional three months in bottles before it's released to the market. This additional time spent maturing and the incorporation of oak develops the richer flavors of dry earth, leather, dried herbs, tobacco, and spice. 
With aging, the tannins calm down and become more structured and elegant, with less mouth-puckering acidity. And in the pinnacle of the pyramid, the Chianti Classico DOCG Grand Selezione. Grand Selezione was only introduced in 2014, making it relatively new on the scene of Chianti wine laws. Grand Selezione states that wines must be aged for a minimum of 30 months in oak barrels, and be 100% estate fruit. In addition to this, wines must be tasted to ensure a high level of quality before being granted Grand Selezione status. Grand Selezione also allows for the demarcation of select vineyards and allows shopping by specific area within the Chianti Classico. Now that we've broken down the different levels of the Chianti Pyramid, I think it's really important that we dive into an actual tasting to go through three wines pitted head to head, discussing their flavor profiles, their aromatics, and their structure. So I'm sitting here in front of three beautiful Chianti wines. We have a Chianti from the general region of Chianti. We have a Chianti Classico. We have a Chianti Classico Reserva. Now, the Reserva is a special treat because it is from 2013, meaning we have seven years of age on this wine. We're going to do a tasting for you today and talk about the different price points of these wines and what I think about them for the price points, starting with the Chianti wine, the first. This is a 2018 Chianti. So as we've learned about Chianti, Chianti has no oak aging on it. It is most likely 70 to 90% Sangiovese, and it is meant for consumption in one to two years of production. So we're right around the two-year point, maybe a year and a half. And this wine, we're getting a nice swirl right now. The color is beautiful. We have a nice ruby red color. It's, you know, a medium density. I wouldn't say it's super dark. Of course, opaque. Um, I can see my fingers right through it here. No signs of aging, as to be expected. It's 2018 giving it a big swirl and on the nose here mm, that classic Chianti aroma of cherry of light raspberry but in this particular Chianti I'm also getting a fair amount of smoke and almost a gaminess which I will say is intriguing it's almost like there's another level of depth that I wouldn't expect from this Chianti here on the palate it's good we have moderate to moderate plus acidity high tannins um well, moderate to moderate high tannins. I think it's a really, really great Chianti introductory wine. This wine is priced at $9.99. We are drinking Giulio Stracciali Chianti 2018 at $9.99 a bottle. I think we have a lot of the classic notes of raspberries, plums, and even a little bit of that kind of smoky, smoked meat almost, which is not a, trip, a typical descriptor of a Chianti wine. You know, a little bit getting towards that tobacco leather component that we're going to see from the Classicos momentarily. I would say that I would definitely recommend this Chianti wine as an introductory. What would be phenomenal with this would be a pizza with a charred crust. I feel like that extra bit of acidity and tannin here would go beautifully with a charred crust. Moving on to wine number two, this is the Chianti Classico. This is Cechi Chianti Classico 2016, Storia di Familia. This wine is $19.99. Again, we're dealing with Classico now. So that means we know we have one year of oak aging on the wine, and we have an additional two years in bottle on this particular wine, bordering on almost three years. So giving it a nice swirl here. Let's see what we smell. Immediately so much more developed, so much softer, so much more round. And I'm even getting, as this wine's been open for about 15, 20 minutes now, Dare I say brown sugar and a little bit of that 
spice we're getting from the oak that's being picked up. A lot more of the violets here, a darker cherry. There's not that brightness. Mmm, maybe even faint vanilla, but it's real vanilla. It's not a, it doesn't taste like oak vanilla. It has a little bit more. Let's go for the taste now. That beautiful dark to black cherry. Wow, that is good. Bordering into even stewed raspberry. I'm wondering what the climate was like in 2016. I wonder if this was a warmer year. This feels like a warmer wine. That beautiful notes of leather and tobacco starting to develop. Not quite there yet, but we are getting that leather. Almost like, like a football leather or some kind of like a, a hardware store, sporting equipment store leather. Which is good. I feel like it could be a little more refined, but from this wine, we're having a lot larger body. I wouldn't be surprised if this was blended with a Cabernet or a Merlot. As we know, um, Chianti Classico is 80 to 100% Sangiovese and then 20% um, or 0 to 20% of a whole bunch of other varietals. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a heavier other varietal being blended into this. I guess I could probably look that up online for this particular producer. But I would say this is a great example of Chianti Classico. We have, um, it's a lot more depth here. You know, there's a lot more depth from the initial Chianti, which I think is a pretty average thing to expect when you move into the Classico region versus just the Chianti. Now onto our third wine, which is truly a treat as this is a seven-year-old Chianti Classico Reserva. We are at Malini. This is from 2013, and the color on this is picking up that garnet. It's picking up that brick. It's picking up that slight bit of amber, and it's beautiful in color. Really, really phenomenal. On the nose, oh wow, beautiful red cherry, beautiful leather. Mmm and even a bit of a medicinal quality that I'm kind of associating with the herbaceousness. I think when this was first opened, I got a big note of oregano thyme, maybe a little bit of mint. Tobacco leaves, Tuscan earth. It's a good representation of Chianti right here. The age adds that leather shop, like leather woodworker sitting in an old Tuscan farmhouse. It's really, really quite beautiful. I'm curious to see how you know, Chianti Classical Reserves, as we've discussed, are usually aged between 10 to 15 years of age potential. So at seven, we are up there in terms of aging on this. I'm curious to see what this would look like after another two or three. I think it's doing pretty well for right now. And I think that as this wine is going to sit open for the next few hours, it's really going to blossom into something even more, more beautiful. This wine also is at $19.99 in terms of price point of which I would say it would be a steal. I feel like our middle wine, the Checky, I'm going to give a 90 93 points on the Chianti Classical Reserva. I'm going to stick to the 92. And moving back to our original Chianti, I would give that a solid 87 points. But for a 9.99 wine, a Chianti, I would, I would say that's a pretty healthy rating for, you know, this is a pretty simple, again, easy drinking. Chianti wines do have a great sense of terroir to them. Usually when you drink it, you know what you're drinking. There is that taste of Tuscany. There is that earth. There is that flavor component that's just oh so classic Tuscany. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this tasting. And with that, that wraps up our wine guide to the Chianti region of Tuscany, Italy. We hope you've enjoyed the Spreads podcast wine guide, and to see graphics that will help you understand the history, the structure, and the hierarchy pyramid better, please visit us online at spreadsmagazine.com wine. There you'll find articles about wine from all over the world, including more wine guides and links to other podcast episodes where we break down grapes from all over the world. Thanks for listening to the Spreads podcast. 
If you like what you heard, we'd love if you could leave a review on iTunes to help others discover the magic of Sprez. If you want more inspiration and education on how to elevate your travel, food and wine, and wellness experience in life, visit us online at sprezmagazine.com.